Is it lame that I just want to keep reminding everybody how beautiful and sunny it is outside? Yes. Well, it is, and it's gorgeous. And this is the Launch Pod for Pomona Valley Church. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with Curtis. And we are the pastors of Pomona Valley Church here in sunny Southern California. (laughs) We are a getting started church. And after five years of living in Chicagoland, Illinois, we have been out here since the summertime. And we are together with a whole group of friends creating a worship space on Sunday afternoons where we are together in our backyard to explore scripture and tell our stories and practice following Jesus into the world together. And every week we also eat dinner and it's delicious. We've been in a series called Finding Your Rhythm, where we're looking at the idea of having a rhythm of life, a set of practices and habits that help you to live your day-to-day life with Jesus. Each week, we're looking at two things that seem to be maybe in tension or in conflict or need to be balanced, but that in reality, the Bible calls us to do both. So engagement and rest, relationship and solitude, those sorts of things. This week, we looked at the idea that we are reconciled to God. And also we are given the ministry of reconciliation. So there's an aspect of the me and God relationship to following Jesus, but then there is also an aspect of going out and inviting other people to experience that reconciliation. So what we'd like to do is offer three ideas for how to get started for each of these areas. If it's something where you might want to try a practice out. First, we'll talk about three practices that help us cultivate our identity as ones who have been reconciled. The first of which would be to come to scripture, specifically revisiting passages where God gives promises of this reconciled identity. Things like forgiveness, peace, wholeness, or also the passages where you see what Jesus is doing in his own ministry of reconciliation. In the sermon, that's actually what I talked about a bit, was a chapter of Mark that just showed a glimpse of what Jesus was up to in his own reconciling ministry. And when we revisit those passages in the gospel, they can help cultivate within us a sense that we are included in this work that Jesus is doing. What he did when he was here for the people around him, there is a version of that he would like to do for me and for you. One of the three vignettes that I highlighted in my sermon included the woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, and she was healed when she touched Jesus's clothes, but then she was discovered amidst the crowd. I've long appreciated that story being included in the Gospels because it's an encounter that doesn't really hold up the values of the day. Its inclusion in the text almost seems odd. Like, why would you tell a story about an unclean woman who's been ostracized for the community for a decade. She doesn't make Jesus look good. She's powerless and breaking all the codes. And Jesus's tenderness toward her, his willingness to stop and be unhurried when he encounters her, those are things that I find incredibly important when I think about what it is to be reconciled. That God always has time for whatever it is that has been a burden to me. And that in a similar way to Jesus caring for her whole self, her healing and her restoration to community, Jesus cares about my whole self. So the idea here would be to find a passage of scripture that speaks to you in that way of your, the reality of your, your identity before God 
and to read it regularly, to reflect on it, to meditate on it, whatever you need to do to help that um, sink in and, and help you to remember that that is who you are. The second practice is like that, actually, except instead of a passage of, of scripture, it's um, using songs, worship songs, other songs that speak of God's great love for you or for the world, and to use those as a reminder. For some people, music is just an inherently meaningful medium to have that message uh, be brought to you that in a way that, that reading it from a page just isn't going to be. Being someone who does very much connect to God through music, I can remember times where a specific song was basically sort of a soundtrack until it sunk in for me. We've actually played one of these songs with our group when we were together live, a song by Jill Phillips, where it starts, Oh, gently lay your head upon my chest and I'll comfort you like a mother while you rest. And then it just went on to have God saying, I'm constant, I'm near, I'm peace. But this reality of God's affection being represented through this maternal metaphor was originally just really striking to me at a time when I had at that point never really heard anybody talk about God who has no gender as part of a feminine metaphor. And it cultivated a sense of God's tenderness toward me. And that's part of what we're looking for is how might there be a song that helps remind you of your identity as a reconciled one. And then the last practice on this side, the being reconciled, is a little bit different, and that is the practice of prayer for your enemies. The idea here would be to identify someone that you might disagree with strongly, have a strong reaction to when you see their picture or see their face, and then to pray for them. And it might not be immediately obvious, how does this help me feel or experience my own status as reconciled before God? Romans 5.8 reminds us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's own reconciliation of us began long before we were acting as lovely as we could by the Spirit of God, long before we were demonstrating our own gratitude for God, for what God's done for us. We were still doing whatever we pleased. And from that place, God came for us to be reconciled again. And when we practice praying for our enemies— we are cultivating in us the humility that no matter where we are, God is always going after each one of us to come home and to be reminded of just how loved and lovely we are. And so it reminds us that it's true for them, just like it has always been true for us. In some sense, praying for our enemies can be almost like a vaccine so that in those seasons of life where we are confronted with how dark we can be, how dark our hearts can be, we have already reminded ourselves that God loves and goes after and that we are also supposed to love and go after people who are far from God, people who we might see as being unlovable. I think all of us have seasons where we are confronted with that reality about ourselves and to have already cultivated in ourselves the attitude of love towards people, even like that, can be really helpful in those seasons. Exactly. There's a sense that they are not unlovable and neither am I. So to sum up, when we want to think about practices that cultivate our identity as the reconciled one, we can begin to pray for our enemies as a way to recognize God's great love for all of us that is core to who we are. We can find passages in scripture that remind us of our reconciled identity or spend time in the gospels looking at how Jesus went on a ministry of reconciliation. And we can find a song that we love that cultivates that identity through its lyrics and be listening to that regularly. 
Now, on the other side, there's a ministry of reconciliation, a way that we are inviting others and including them in what we think God is doing in our lives and in the communities of faith that we're part of. So, Curtis, what's the first idea for that? The first one is eating together. There really is something about sitting around a table with another person and sharing a meal that just opens us up to um, who they are, and it shows inclusion and acceptance and um, care for that person. My friend Amy Dolan, who's pastor of Sunday Supper Church, has a podcast called Feeding People, and they regularly talk about why it is that eating together is so powerful. And one theme that comes up a lot is just how it unifies us because we all need to eat. And so when we think about how God's inviting everyone in, a meal becomes the place where we remember our equality as creatures who have been created by God in God's image and are loved by God. And being hungry and needing to eat is just a really concrete way we remember that. Meredith used the image of saying, come sit with us as a a metaphor for what it means to be reconcilers, what it means to be doing the ministry of reconciliation, that we are um, pulling up a chair at God's table and inviting others to come and sit with us. And so the practice of identifying someone who could stand to experience the reconciliation of Christ and inviting them to come sit with us and to share a meal can be a key part of us being reconcilers, of us engaging in the ministry of reconciliation that Christ has given us to do. And then to broaden out from that specific practice of choosing to eat together and all that comes with me eating, there is sort of a companion practice, which is the practice of hospitality, that part of being reconcilers in the world is to practice hospitality, to take the things we might have to share and share them. So that might be our home. It might be a skill we have. It might be a food we make. But that when we practice hospitality, we are demonstrating for the recipient something of the generosity of God through what we do. It might just be making a person feel welcome in a space. Absolutely. Hospitality is not at all the real simple branded expression of having something be pretty and pristine and Pinterest worthy. In fact, a lot of people who love talking about hospitality make note of how environments like that actually create a lot of tension for guests, a sense that they don't measure up, a sense of being impressed. But the practice of hospitality is anything we do or share that puts the other person at ease. And there's something about that sense of calm and rest and ease that we create for someone else with what we share that is a glimmer of what it is to be loved. And when we can share that sense of being loved, that's a key part of being a reconciler. And then the final practice on the ministry of reconciliation side is, well, simple or complicated? I'm not sure. It's apologizing. I am probably totally alone in this. I don't really like to apologize because I don't really like to be wrong. I'm sure that's not you, but I will just say for me, the practice of being an apologizer is where I find myself doing the ministry of reconciliation by owning that I originally didn't do the ministry of reconciliation, that I did something that put me sort of out of alignment with someone and that I'm trying to mend it. In fact, with our kids in our family, as we talk about apologies, mending is a pretty common word that we use, that when somebody gets to somebody else with their tone or their sharpness, we will say we need to mend it. Owning the degree to which we contributed to the original misalignment, to being out of a reconciled place with one another, that creates a path forward. So those practices on the Ministry of Reconciliation side 
Um, they don't include evangelizing in maybe the classic sense, but they are all pieces of creating a culture, creating a environment wherein reconciliation becomes the norm, wherein um, reconciliation gets expanded to include more people and then to invite them to live in a reconciled way themselves. We talked before in the sermon about how being reconciled is about seeing the fruit of the Spirit of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, seeing those attributes grow within us and how we can tell that reconciliation is happening when other people who know us note that those are being cultivated more and more. And then when we are inviting others to experience those as marking their lives more and more as well. Because those really are the human qualities we all deeply down most want to be true of us and of our communities. So the Ministry of Reconciliation is all about the little things we can be doing that help grow that more and more and allow God to form that among us. So this week we would invite you to uh, identify whether you are feeling more the need to experience reconciliation yourself or to engage in the Ministry of Reconciliation towards others and then to try out one of these practices. Yeah, we've said along the way that the goal is not for you now to go and try and do six things. The goal is to pick one, maybe two, that you think you could try in the coming days. Could you eat with somebody and just share your stories? Can you apologize to somebody or show hospitality in the broadest sense to someone? Or would you want to do one of those individual practices that we talked about earlier? But the goal would be try one. And just see what happens. Even if what happens is it was awful, that still helps you learn something about what it would mean for you to cultivate your own rhythm of life. So that's where we will leave it for today. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we love you all. Bye. Bye. 